What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I want winners. I want people that want to win. It is the eve of 49ers versus Packers. Rod and I haven't talked for over a week, and we're back. We're going to preview this game and hopefully give some fans uh, some good information so that they can sleep well tonight or have a good Saturday before the game in uh, at Levi Stadium. Rod, what's going on? Not much. I am super excited for us to be back in this position again. I, you know, as we'll see as we continue to talk, I'm very excited about this opportunity. I think um, I think we are clearly the favorite in the – I don't think that's a controversial statement, that we're a favorite in our conference um, to go through. Now, does that mean that we are guaranteed a spot in the conference championship? By no means, but I'm, I feel real good about um, – our chances in this game not to say that i well, i'm one who kind of believes that the packers will make this closer than the line indicates but um i think ultimately we will prevail so i'm excited so we got to watch a lot of football last week not great games which kind of makes me wonder about this playoff scenario because it seems like the the league is a little top heavy with some of these teams, mm-hmm, but sure. you did get Texans show out. They got to go into Baltimore this week. It's going to be rough. Uh, you, you got to see the, uh, the Packers just upset the count. Like it almost made me wonder is like the regular season is so long, 17 games. And you can just, have a team go into the other team's building and just demolish them. Like, what does that say about the regular season? It's crazy. It, it really is. And the Packers are another example of that. I mean, they were pretty bad for the first three quarters of the season. And then they caught fire late. I mean, if you look at their splits, you know, the last six games, 
it, it's like they're a completely different team. Um, so like you say, I mean, what does that say about, you know, you really have to look close because if you look in the aggregate at their stats, you know, it can tell you a false story because the team that we are playing tomorrow is not the same team from, you know, weeks, let's say, one through eight. They're, they're just not. They're, they're, they're a much better football team than they were. So, like I say, when you look at their stats in the aggregate, you know, a lot of that stuff you kind of have to throw out and really just look at the last six games. Excuse me. It, it, it does seem it's really about playing well towards the end of the season more than anything else and getting hot at the right time. Because you look at Philadelphia, like they went from now, you know, some people will say, oh, you know, the analytics would say that they weren't really a 10 and one team. They were probably closer to like a seven and four team. So, so be it still, I'll take seven and four after 11 oh. games, mm-hmm. but the last few weeks of the season, they look like a 500 football team and maybe yeah. even less, which mm-hmm. is unfortunate for Philly because of this great season that they had last year. So, yeah, I don't even know. It's like in some instances, I'm like, how do you make heads or tails of any of this? But, you know, I guess it is more about just who had the best regular season record wise. It's really more about who had the best regular season near the end, who goes in the playoffs hot. And then you have this whole, did you want to play last week or not? And the 49ers were happy to not have to play because hopefully that means Eric Armstead can play. Hopefully that means uh, Dre Greenlaw is closer to playing than not. But at the same time, you know, you see some of that, you see some of the teams with a little bit of momentum who, who look great. And you're like, Oh man, they're coming in hot and we may, we may start off flat just because we didn't play. And green Bay is, is one of those teams who are coming in hot. That's true, but I think us and Baltimore, you know, being super physical teams, I think we will benefit from having the week off um, more so than some other teams might because of the style that we play. I think, you know, if I given a choice of, you know, momentum versus rest, I think I would prefer having these guys super fresh and ready to go out here and bang for another, you know, another what 180 minutes so <laughs> i think that's what that, that that that's what i would do and you know it starts this week i'm 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 excited about this game because i i don't you know i tend to be a bit more pessimistic than most 49er fans i can i i like start off looking for ways that we could lose this game and it's hard it's hard to come up it's it's hard to really come up with like a plausible scenario where we lose, but it's one of those things like um, I think I don't I forget I listen to so many podcasts that I, <laughs> I can't give credit to who said it, but it was um, they were talking about if you were going to come up with a path for the Packers, you'd go back and you'd look at the Cincinnati game, mm-hmm. how they were able to ball control us, and Burrow was like on fire. And they held the ball and were scoring. And it was, it was, they were just really efficient. And again, we all know it's ad nauseum. We talk about the Niners getting behind and then coming back. Um, that's, I guess, the path. But I mean, they don't have Jamar Chase and they don't have T. Higgins and they don't have, 
Joe Burrow. But, you know, their guys, I mean, the thing about their guys, that you when you look at the Packers, I guess Watson is going to play. And of all those guys that they have, he's like the one who kind of projects as a true number one. But then those other guys, you can point to games this season where all of them, Dobbs, Wicks, and Reed have all had big games. You know, Dobbs had one last week. So it's it's one of those things where Ward has done a good job of like taking their big piece off the board. But, you know, you look at guys like Reed and Dobbs and Wicks, and it's like you start looking at matchups like Lenore and Thomas and then Oliver. Ugh. You know, <laughs> I, it's, it's, you know, it, it, there is meat out there to be had, so it's going to be important for us to you know get the pass rush going and um, put heat on Love. But he does such a good job, you know, of escaping. I, I'm I've only I watched last week's game in in full, um, but I hadn't watched him since whatever that last game they were on national TV it was like week five or six. Mm-hmm. And they stunk. I mean, it, it, it wasn't good. The talk really was around, you know, is Jordan Love the answer? Um, but some kind of switch has flipped in the past six weeks, and he looks really good now. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what we're able to do from a pass rush standpoint to heat him up and um, speed him up and get him to, you know, get him off his spot. I have I have three questions for you, but also for the people who are watching this live. And I want to see those answers as well in our comments. And, and we'll talk about some of the things because I have three questions that we'll use to kind of get through this preview. But before then, I was thinking about this before the games last week. You know, you sort of look at paths, right? A lot of when it comes to winning the Super Bowl, there's luck involved. There are matchups involved. And so I think the big worry for me was, man, if the Rams win this game, we we or could you know we could get them. And then all of a sudden, I didn't think about the Packers. I, mm-hmm. I didn't even think that they would possibly beat Dallas. So I was like, okay, best case scenario is we see the Bucks. Everything else is chalk. We see the Bucks first round. That is for the first round opponent, not necessarily the best thing mm-hmm. for the actual playoffs. But then when the Packers handled the Cowboys, I was like, man, that seventh seed, it, I kind of feel like the seventh seed is better than at, at least five and four. And the Rams were probably better than five and mm-hmm. four as well. And so, you know, it's just this luck of the of the draw of the tournament. And, you know, we the 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 Bucks as well as they played against Philadelphia, I think we would have ha- I think we would have handled the Bucks pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And we should handle the Packers as well, but I I would say for this week, the 7th seed is probably better than the 5th seed and ye, if you're looking at sort of matchups and if you're looking at, you know, the luck of the draw, we, I don't think we got the luck of the draw when it came to that. I think the Packers are overall probably better than that seventh seed and where they sat in the tournament. Yeah, I, I don't think it's ridiculous to say that um, the, the Rams were underseeded. I don't. I still, I haven't 
done any real deep dive research, but it was kind of jarring to watch Sean McVay go into like a, a shell. You know, he was like really, really conservative in that game. And I thought, I thought they were the better team. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, Cooper cup didn't really look right. It, it was just, it was really just, it was really weird. Um, but I thought that they were, you know, no disrespect to the lions. I thought that the Rams were the fourth, the fourth best team in the NFC. Um, so I was fully expecting them to go in there and win because they were hot and, you know, the lions haven't been there. And, but I guess you can't, you know, that was one thing that was the, all the talk of the pods was how um, loud and boisterous that Detroit home crowd was. I mean, um, they've been waiting forever. So yeah, they and better they were, be. they were fired up. They say, I mean, I know a lot, a few of the Rams Baker was saying that a few of his former Rams teammates were telling him it's the loudest place they've ever played in. Um, it was, it was really hopping. So that's what they're expecting this week they're expecting it to be, you know, a real raucous environment. Um, so yeah, and good for them. Like you said, they've waited for a super long time and it was good to see, you know, all their legends come out and, you know, kind of get their flowers, Megatron and Barry Sanders. And, you know, I'm a hip hop guy. So seeing Big Sean and Eminem out there <laughs> was kind of cool. Um, yeah. All, you know, represent detroit that's good for them uh, uh, uh this just as a, an aside and i'll make this quick i am reading the uh the biography of jay dilla i'm not sure if you've read this mm-hmm. one it is fantastic yeah and you know just the the idea behind you know detroit and in that time frame from the sort of the mid to late 90s and early 2000s uh take takes you back 25 years man i'm telling you man he was he was truly an innovator. I mean, and, and that's a word that gets thrown around, but you know, there, as far as hip hop goes, there's definitely a line of demarcation. There's before Dilla and then there's after Dilla. It was, it was, and you know, that what I learned from that book is, you know, all the different people that he touched, you know, I knew the highlights like yeah. Common and whatnot, but I mean, that whole, uh, far side scenario was was interesting how that came about um but yeah it was it's a it's a great book i mean if you you know I, I, it was one i try to read like outside of my interest every once in a while so even, <laughs> even if you're not a hip-hop fan this would be one that i would recommend yeah um if you're trying to you know exp- you know broaden your horizons he was a really really interesting dude not a not very a lot of people Unless you are a a really really big hip hop fan, you probably don't even really know who he is. Mm-hmm. So that, that's also made it interesting. All right, let, let's hit the injury report before we get to those three questions. Uh, so for us, Cleveland Farrell, he is out. Uh, Dre Greenlaw is questionable, and Dre Greenlaw's injury scares me. Mm-hmm. Achilles tendonitis that doesn't sound great. Yeah. He's, I mean, his, his whole thing is being able to roam the field side to side and, and make big plays that does not, I mean, I'm sure they can, you know, do as much as they can fit the boot, tape it up, make it, you know, make it as good as possible. But my worry would be hurting it even worse for next week. We got no more bye weeks after this one. 
Yeah, I was talking to my doctor, and I mean, obviously, she's not an orthopedist and she's a nephrologist, but um, she's a runner, and she says that that type of injury is a stress injury, and it's not like you know some injuries are, and you hear it in football a lot. Well, it's not going to get any worse. Well, this is not the case with that. You really just need to rest it. There's really no way other than rest to um to heal it and it's not one of those injuries it's like she said you're not guaranteed to tear it if you continue to play on it but it's not going to get any better Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not going to get any better playing on it and you can do more damage Mm -hmm. playing on it so it's not one of those type of injuries where you hear all the time well it's all about pain management and it's not going to get any worse well this definitely could get worse um, the more he plays on it. So I know they're going to be careful with him, but I know he wants to be out there. Um, and he's important to us, so it's going to be interesting. And it's it's tricky at this time of year because, like you said, no, what next week is not guaranteed. But if you could somehow figure out how to limit his reps and get him through to the next two games, you know, I'd rather have him in the Super Bowl, but, you know, it's hard to, you know, there's no guarantee that we're going to get to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, it's um, it's a tricky situation for Kyle and the staff to, because, um, you know, he's going to be like, I want to play. But yeah. I, the, the feeling I get from Drake Greenlaw is that he's not trying to tap out, you know, you know, if there's any way that he could play, he's going to be out there, even if it's you know, even if it's not necessarily the most prudent thing in the world to do. You know how in uh, some of the old uh, boxing movies like Rocky, you know, you're getting ready for a fight. Mm-hmm. You got the inspiration. You may, maybe you got a photo of your opponent in the mirror as you're shadow mm-hmm. boxing. I think Dre just has a photo of Big Dom from, uh, from the <laughs> Philly game. <laughs> uh, That's yeah. his inspiration is Big Dom. Exactly. That guy got me kicked out, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for Philly, I mean, not for Philly, for um, uh, for Green Bay, uh, Alexander, questionable, uh, the corner. Uh, Dylan, questionable, he's got to be playing. Um the the linebacker who got hurt out for the game, uh, McDuffie questionable, and the how can the punter be questionable? Illness? He's got he's got the coronavirus. What's going on? <laughs> uh, you can't get ill. This is the playoffs, man. Right? Like, you just can't get sick. That, that that's uh. If I was him, I would have tried to figure out pay somebody to remove me from the injury report <laughs> for that one, especially the punter, man. Nobody wants exactly. the punter to be like, you like, are really where's Peyton, where's Peyton Manning with the stupid <laughs> kicker uh, line. So, you know, everyone, you know, no one's healthy, right? That's right. part of the thing is this season is so long and it, it's a grind. And a lot of it is so based on luck, which in some instances you can kind of say, gosh, you know, if it's all about luck, then then why are we paying and why are we watching and why are we, you know, so many people buying Peacock to watch this Kansas City Chiefs playoff game? That also is part of the charm because if it can be about luck, and you're a Green Bay Packers fan, you're like, hey, we're we're in this thing, you know, until mm-hmm. we're out of it. So that is also the charm of the NFL is because of the injuries and how crazy you could lose so many players and, you know, so many healthy, like, I mean, 
you know, the Niners, the, luckily they haven't lost a ton, but you know, that they are starting a rookie safety mm-hmm. who Fonga yeah. is, is hurting. Uh, so, and he's, he's not coming back for the whole season. So there is that, but you know, at the same time, some of these teams who they're like, yeah, like we have a chance because there's a chance for everybody, as you saw by Houston and mm-hmm. Green Bay taking care of business. So that is why NFL, it really is king also. As a short aside, I know there's a lot of chatter going on about Peacock. I, for one, would love to be able to buy NFL games a la carte like that because, you know, I'm one who travels. Yeah. And I rather, you know, I end up buying the whole ticket or being stuck with like Dofu Sports. Ooh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> talking about screen streaming. Um, I know that's not, that's frowned upon. But anyway, trying to watch when I'm out of market, you know, it would be nice if I could pay six bucks to watch a yeah. Niner game. Yeah. Um, legitimately, rather than paying the what, two or 300 bucks, whatever it is. For Sh- the, Shelvin knows. Shelvin, for Shelvin's in the chat. Ticket. Shelvin knows. Yeah, I love I, – I really – this year, I really – it was like the first year NFL um, Plus had the, had the um, red zone on there. And yeah. when I wasn't watching Niners, that's fine for me to just be able to spin around yeah. and watch the games, you know, watch the scores. That was perfect for me. So they're going to be hard-pressed to ever sell me the ticket again. But like I say, it was always convenient to have the ticket like when I'm in Vegas – Sometimes the game that they have on is the Raiders. It's a local game and not the Niners. And it's kind of tricky now in the casinos. They basically, they don't, a lot of those places don't even have the ticket anymore. They Mm. just, you know, they're just broadcasting whatever the local game is. So back in the day, you could just go there and they'd have all the games on. Um, But yeah, that's not the case. So for me, I, you know, six bucks is a small price to pay. I mean, I paid double that to go to the movies. Yeah, so exactly. If I, if I could pay six bucks to watch an out of market, you know, when I'm out of market, watch a Niner game, I would definitely do that. But I know I'm like the minority in that a lot of people are really got their, their underwear in a twist about having to pay to watch that game. American fiction, by the way, go out of your way to see that in the theater. If you get to. Oh, really? Okay. It's excellent. Okay. Yeah, here's question number one for our preview. And, and again, if, if people are, are watching and they want to chime in, uh, I want to hear your answers as well. In your dream tonight, how do the 49ers win this game? What's how's the what's the vision that you see when you go to sleep? When I go to sleep, I see <coughs> the Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> eight the eight completion game. I hope <laughs> Kyle just runs the ball down their throat. I hope Christian McCaffrey has 200 yards rushing. That's what that would be my dream scenario is that we run it and we run it and we run it and we run it and we don't stop running it because there have been times when we started off running it effectively and then just curiously we go away from it. Yeah. Um. I just hope we because. In my humble estimation of this Packer team, if we do that and if we punch them in the mouth, there's nothing they can do to stop us. We, they, they will be, they will yield to us if we just um, commit to the run. I don't think I, I think that I think it'll be an easy victory, um, and and probably Christian will probably be out way before he gets to 200. 
but I think that we could put up a, we could have a huge rushing day tomorrow. So that, that would be my dream. I'm with you. Cause I envision it the same way though. What I'd like to see as well, in addition is that green Bay may become to the line a little bit more because we're running the ball down their throat and it opens up a little bit of play action so we can get some distance in the game, uh, you know, second, third quarter. And then, you know, and then you just, you know, kind of pull guys out and you, and you try and save them, you know, big mm-hmm. Trent, save big Trent and, you know, save. Uh, and, and if you can really own the, the, the time clock, then your defense isn't on the field right. all game long. Because we are going to have to play without Farrell. And so that means more Chase Young. And he has been able to be fresher because he doesn't have to play every down. More Randy Gregory, which who knows that they may see Randy Gregory and go, oh, you know, he's a sort of a little bit more one dimensional than these other guys. And and let's attack him with, with some of the run game. So that 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 is what I would like to see as well. That is what I envision. And. What it does is it just sets the tone, right? Is it sets the tone for how the 49ers play and it doesn't give the other teams, if you do win this game, it doesn't give the other teams too much film on your passing game. Right. You play very predictable and you just kind of just tell all these teams, we're just here to just kick you right in the mouth and, and let's go. And, and I think, and that, that could be part of the psychology of this whole thing as well. And, you know, I catch a lot of grief online <laughs> about Brock. And I, I have full faith and confidence in Brock doing his thing. So this is not saying I want him to have eight attempts is not by any means a slight on him because I have no doubt that he can process and go out there and perform and carve up this defense if that's what we need. But I just think, you know, based on all the things that you just outlined, that it's if we can ball control them and keep our defense um, off the field, that's the best thing to do. Because what I what I don't want is with dudes like Rashawn Gary to be in obvious passing downs and you know teeing off on um, McKivitz and Burford and those guys. I I don't want us to I don't want Brock to be in third and long and have to. I, and I'm confident in him. I'm confident that he can navigate the pocket and he can get the, get rid of the ball. Um, he's demonstrated that he's very good at that. But, you know, I'm I'm not as confident as you guys are. I I am shook every time he gets hit. I don't because, you know, I don't want to see Sam Darnold. So <laughs> it, it, anything that we can do to keep Brock healthy and upright for the rest of this run and get his ass off the field and get yeah. Darnold in there, that that's what I'm I'm an advocate for is I want to see Brock as little as possible um in January. Like I, I want to get him to February. And then my hope looking forward, if he gets there, is then I hope Kyle just, you know, opens up the playbook. And yeah. I, I just I have to believe that there is some RPO stuff in there that um we haven't seen. And you know, that's where you 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 empty the you empty the playbook in the Super Bowl, and I I just think that I think Brock can run that stuff. 
and I think that he'd be effective running that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, in a one-off game like that, you don't want to run him like that, you know, in a week 13 game against Cleveland or whatever. But in a Super Bowl, when it's all on the line, I think that, you know, the running game with him could be an X factor. All the stuff they talked about, he had drawn up, you know, way back when it, when Trey was going to be the guy. Um, I think Brock can run a lot of that stuff. I mean, he's he is sneaky athletic. And I think the, the dimension that that adds to the offense, it just opens everything up. They've got to think about that, too. It's just it, it, it makes us pretty much damn near unstoppable. So everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, there's a, there, there's a new QB at San Jose State by the name of Chubba Purdy. <laughs> I saw that. And I don't know, I, I don't know what year he is, but you know, in a few years, maybe the Niners draft him and you run like this like twin quarterback thing. And it's like, oh, is that Chubba? Is that Brock? Well, we gotta fit <laughs> we gotta figure it out. You know, you know, but Kyle, Kyle is not not about those trick plays, but that, that would be kind of funny because yeah. those dudes you know they're they're not dissimilar looking. They, right. you know, they they're kind of. And I, I I'm be rooting for Chuba, man. That's my mm-hmm. alma mater right there. I may even yeah. go to a couple games this year. That's an interesting. Um, it's got there's got to be some nil money involved yeah. with yeah. him coming this way. Yeah, and then it's kind of it's kind of interesting that I, again, I haven't really watched Cal or Stanford in the last several years. Not, but I was kind of interested. Well, why he didn't. You know they're going to the ACC and why not bigger schools? But the, the other thing about this is, I think San Jose State's head coach, who kind of brought a little bit of prestige back to the program, I think he's gone. Like, and uh, he was also really helpful with the fundraising because mm-hmm. you know San Jose State their their sports programs are, are pretty pathetic in that sense. And so it's kind of you know, but you know, Chuba's a like you said, some NIL money, and also his brother is mm-hmm. going to be probably going to be pretty rich. So, uh, live in the same oh, yeah. area. I mean, I, I, was, I, would, I would imagine if they don't live together, they could they probably live pretty close, and then he gets that the benefit of the NFL type training. Well, Brock has shown he is completely fine with living with a, a roommate, roommate who is not yeah. his, his girlfriend. So, yeah, so that's, that's cool. Good, good for them. I mean, if they want to do the bro thing, you know, the college bro thing, that's that's cool. And Brock is close enough in age where that's not inappropriate. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's good. That it it'll be. I I that did you know that was a curious news blurb to come to come through. Yeah, I might come go down there with you and watch one of those sandals. Yeah, things. no, that'd be fun. And you know the the thing about Brock is I've read some stuff about how like he's got like a very, very specific bedtime. Like his whole process is like after a certain amount of time, like in the evening, he puts on these like blue blocker glasses so that his eyes don't get strained. And it's like no screens after 
X time. So he's like very, very disciplined in making sure that he's prepared mind, body, and soul to play a game. And can you imagine next year we're in camp and Brock's just not having it. And Kyle's like, dude, what, what's going on? He's like, uh-huh. yeah, too many beer funnels with Chubba. Chubba. <laughs> <laughs> because now, and again, that could be a stereotype, but I don't think Chubba is down with any of that. Chubba, no. that with a name like Chubba, <laughs> I think he's a, he's a party animal. <laughs> is what I would think. I would think Chubba likes to party. <laughs> so a, that that that's uh, someone's got to make a movie about that <laughs> two brothers. Okay, let's go with uh, number two here. Uh, if somehow Jerry Jones decided to switch bodies with Jed York and curse our team this weekend. What Dallas things happen that allow the Packers to stay in this ball game? Again, I just I I don't see. Um, the biggest thing to me is like, bro. I mean, Dak kind of looked shook after. Um, it was they did a real good job. Both of those. I've been kind of trying to learn how to read defenses. Um, so. And it was funny because this last game, that Dallas Packer game, a lot of the things me and my little, my mentor was going going over, you could see it on the screen. And they were doing a really good job. Both teams were doing a really good job of disguising where the leverage was going to be. And Dak just was not identifying it. And when he did identify where to go with the ball, they in the first half, they were doing a great job of manning up on um, C.D. Lamb. And so he just didn't have anywhere to go with the ball. And that was, he was, you could tell that it really made him uncomfortable. And that was the interesting adjustment in the second half is that, you know, they were just like, F it. We just, we're just going to throw the ball to CD every single time. (laughs) And, and, and we'll just see if they could stop him. And, you know, they couldn't, I mean, he, he is that type a dude but it was that if that was one thing i just don't see though i don't know i just don't see brock being shook like that um he has you know an irrational confidence almost um i guess that one game where he had all those picks he kind of was the first time he ever really kind of showed kind which i mean makes sense you throw three picks yeah you're you're gonna get kind of gun shy um, but you know, I, that's what I would see is that somehow they're able to mix the coverages and get Brock confused. Um, but Kyle does such a good job giving him all the answers, um, so that he doesn't get confused like that, you know, go here, go here, go here or throw it away. Yep. It's not really, um, he's not really out there reading and guessing trying to figure out this offense kind of um, caters to him in that way mm-hmm. where it tells him where to go. And those guys are running those rub routes and those crossers and they're giving him good windows to, to you know, just if you just hit him and he does a great job of that. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I, it would be that it would be that they're able that Joe Barry comes out of his slumber again because I mean he is an awful defensive coordinator by the <laughs> way um you know but last week his first half was great he called a great game um but they tried to give it away at the end but um 
that would that would be my concern would, would be that Brock would you know he wouldn't the the picture would be muddy for him and he would he would, wouldn't be making the greatest of decisions. My thought is something that you had actually kind of mentioned before. Like Kyle comes out and he's like, man, Dallas threw for like almost 500 yards on these guys. We're letting it rip out of the gate. Like we're going to show these guys that, you know, we're just, we're, we're going to attack all of these holes that Green Bay has. And we're going to show the world that Green Bay is way more of a paper tiger than uh, folks think after this game. Because we've seen this happen during the season where they don't run the ball early and it's like Kyle, you know, the the, the scripting of, of those early plays and he, and he sees something in the tape and he's like, oh, we're just going to attack these guys downfield. Boom, boom, boom. And then all of a sudden it's like drop pass, holding, uh, you know, Brock, you know, he, he, he's got a pump on that first read and then he's kind of running out and he's got to throw it away. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh ran man, out. fourth down and we got to kick it. And and now we're, we're playing defense. We only ran a, you know, a minute off the clock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's all bad. It's, it's all bad. That's, that's why, I mean, it, you're probably right. You know, I know you're right. We could very well, you know, put up, 300 yards passing on this team, but I just, I don't think that's the tone that we want to set. I think we want to, I think, you know, a 150 yard rushing game is, is really the type of tone that we want to set for everybody. We want Detroit and, and Tampa Bay to know that that's what this, you know, that's what this is going to be. Um, and that's what you can, you need to strap up and be ready. Cause that's what we're doing. We're coming to run the ball right down your throat. And, um, we don't believe there's anything you could do to stop it. And, you know, with everybody but Baltimore, I think that's that's a fact. I, yeah, I don't think yeah. I don't think that there's anything Detroit can do to stop us. I don't think there's anything Green Bay can do to stop us. I don't think there's anything Tampa Bay can do to stop us. Um, and then, like I say, I firmly believe that if we unleash, you know, the RPO game, that would be a place to do it would be against Baltimore in a Super Bowl. It, you know, what kind of, how fitting would that be if Brock ran the ball down, <laughs> down the Ravens throat? That would be pretty awesome. The, I guess if the one narrative, right. And I don't think Kyle is afraid of this narrative. I'm sure that he's not, but the game that you're referencing where the Niners don't throw the ball almost at all, the mm-hmm. narrative coming out of that game was, at least in some instances, some of the naysayers were like, how come he doesn't trust Jimmy? Right? That was what some of the people were saying. And I think, rightfully so, we were all thinking the same thing, but we weren't saying, why doesn't he trust Jimmy? We were saying, he doesn't have to trust Jimmy mm-hmm. in this game, and that's why he did that. There will be people saying Kyle does not trust Brock in that same way if they were to do that. And uh, I'd, again, Kyle's the wrong person to throw that narrative at because he's mm-hmm. like, I don't give an F, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it could be something of a confidence shaker for Brock Purdy to feel like, oh, yeah, he did, the coach kind of did not really let me do some of the things that we've been doing all year. So I do think it is going to be more of a mixed uh, attack 
But I do think that I think it's going to be a CMC game, like you said. And mm-hmm. uh, Shelvin, I forgot to put his quote up, but Shelvin as well said, you know, in his vision, CMC huge huge game for CMC. So, um, you know that that is it's a great it's a great script to to win a game, uh, and and just the way that they do it, time of possession, beat up the other team. Second half, the other team still is just really tired, mm-hmm. and and you kind of run away with it. So, last question for you on this preview, and and it is a little bit of a slightly kind of like worry worrying. You know, as fans, we sit there and we worry more than we praise our team, especially if you are really uh, studying your team and you're critical of your team. But if you were on Kyle Shanahan's coaching staff, what thing causes you to text him while he's asleep with a 911 on the text? Is there one thing right now? We got to figure out a way not to have 26 on the field, coach. <laughs> we we can't <laughs> we we got to figure out some coverages <laughs> that do not involve 26 cuz I know if I'm looking at the tape, there's like a big red bullseye on that dude, and I'm trying to isolate and get him in coverage every time I can, because um, he's just not—he's just not good. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know that he's Wilkes' guy, and I appreciate that, but um, yeah. I mean, to a lesser extent, I know Lenore and Thomas have given up plays, but that dude—he just. You know, and he he tackles well. So I mean, yeah. he he really comes up and he forces like in the run game. That's why that should probably be a safety more yeah. so than a nickel. Um, but he's kind of small to be a safety, I guess. But yeah, um, we can't have him in coverage. I just I just think, especially I think a team like Green Bay, where they don't really have a number one, so they don't care. If it's their fourth receiver, if their fourth receiver in a set is Wilkes or Dobbs or Reed, they don't care. I mean, they yeah. they like that matchup because you know they're you know it's. I think that's the way you know just over overall. I think that's where a lot of teams in the NFL are going to go, and it's going to try to get a bunch of young dudes and try to field. You know, you might not be able to get like a Devontae Adams or a Stefan Diggs, but if you can get three or four next tier guys, mm-hmm. um, it, it it can, you know, help your quarterback out. I, I, I think that that's something that the Kansas City really needs to look into because I mean, they just can't afford, you know, top of the market guys, but you just draft like three or four of them in, in hope that, you know, two or three of them hit. Um, so yeah, that's, that would be my concern is, is Isaiah Oliver. Um, and then I guess, I guess a secondary concern would be with Farrell out who is going to be our, who's going to be the guy that sets the edge in the run game. Is that Beal? Is that, um, is that, does, 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 does Young just, you know, fill in? In that position, you know, is it Gregory or who is it? Who's the one that because he has been, you know, quietly um, very strong for us in the run game. 
um, and he's going to be missed. So it's going to be interesting to see how we um, make up for his loss, um, because that is a concern. They, you know, Aaron Jones is on a heater. He can and he can run the rock. Um, so I know Armstead is back, and I hope that that means that he's back and like, you know, somewhere close to a hundred percent because that'll help. Yep. Um, because we have been kind of a sieve there in the middle with him gone. Um, so that'll be nice. It'll be nice to see in those first few reps um, how he is acclimating and hopefully he can just stay out there and give us something. And I would say I have two as well. The first one is I would just text Kyle and just be like, just want to double check. We still got, you know, about 14 hours, 15 hours. You sure you don't just want to give Robbie Gould one call? Just just see if he's Have been staying in shape. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no disrespect to the young fella, but I mean, again, I just continue to say he never 18 years, never missed a postseason kick. So you yeah. can say what you want about his length and you know the kickoffs got pretty poor there at the end. I get that part, but um, Robbie was money. And, you know, in so many of these clutch situations, you know, we used to joke about him being our MVP, but in a lot of cases, man, he was, he was the guy who, um, you know, got us points when we needed it. So, you know, it's a, this is a tough spot to put Moody in. And like I've said to many people, before, I think what was even worse to me about mm-hmm. that last game of the season, it was not only didn't he not perform well on the field, this whole Mickey Mouse shit of not talking to the media afterwards yeah. Yeah. was really, that was really kind of Bush League, I thought. Um, you can't stink it up and then not face the music. I mean, come on, man. You got you got you to gotta be better than that. The other thing... That I might, you know, I'm sleep, and then I just my eyes just open, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I got to text Kyle. Sit bolt upright. <laughs> <laughs> I know Jair Brown ha- has played pretty well in his rookie season. He's coming off of injury. He said specifically that he used the time to watch tape of every snap that he played because he wanted to see his feet he wanted to see his positioning and all that stuff so that's awesome even when he was not able to play he was shadowing guys in practice and and getting as close to the field as possible all that stuff is great Uh, i love it You, you know he's he's doing the work but i still worry that green bay their offense a lot of what they want to do has him in mind. And I don't know, you know, I, I'm that that's up to DB coaches and stuff to figure, you know, it's up to Steve. That's up to Wilkes to figure it out, but we like to blitz a lot. And my fear is that the targeting is going to be, you, you mentioned Isaiah Oliver, you know, that is definitely one target. I think another target could be trying to set up, Jair Brown, the rookie, to to in some situations that he may not be comfortable with. Make him make plays. I mean, that that would be a smart strategy. I 
I concur. I think, you know, from their standpoint, that would be a good strategy is to see, let's see if he can, if he can figure it out and um, make plays. Um, and Cause all you got to do is beat him once. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I think that is, I think both of those are very good ones in, I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of a weirdo. How many hours you think Kyle's gonna get tonight? <laughs> hours of sleep. Do you think you think he's gonna? You, you think he's like an eight hour guy or, um, or like more like a four hour guy? So I was listening to this podcast. No, that's actually a, a book, an audible book on uh, the oral history of HBO. Mm-hmm. And I think it was. I want to say it was like during Game of Thrones when they were filming Game of Thrones, it was one of their big series where they had to get it done in like a short period of time. And all the people who were working on that show, like they started to, you know, they started to talk about how much sleep they got by like, was it a, was it a good five, you know, because they didn't have it. They didn't, they, if they were sleeping, they weren't working. Mm-hmm. And that, and, and I sort of think about coaches in the same way. You know, I don't think Kyle is is uh, checking the, uh, you know, he's he's not sleeping with his Apple Watch and using the sleep app and making sure he gets like two and a half hours of deep sleep. Like he's not that guy. Mm-hmm. He's not like Brock. He's not putting the you know putting the blue blocker glasses on. He's like going hard, drinking coffee until the end, and then when he's exhausted, he's exhausted, and then he tries to sleep as little as humanly possible for him to function the next day. Like I can't imagine he's necessarily the best partner during uh, this part mm-hmm. of the season. <laughs> well, he's already copped to the fact um, that, you know, during like times like this, he doesn't go home. It's that he's in the office and he sleeps in his office. Um, so like you say, you know, he probably just goes until he can't anymore. Yeah. And he goes and gets a couple hours and then, goes back to whatever wherever their war room is or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's a real, you know, people talk about the amount of money those dudes make, but I mean the hours are insane. Oh, yeah. And you know, and you know his assistants don't make nearly as much as he do, but I it, I know we all know the feeling of if your boss is there, you better be there. I mean you you can't if your boss is is working it like that you can't be talking about it at six o'clock. Well, I'm out. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Um, oh yeah. I work for a know, startup. If, I, if know, I working, know that energy. <laughs> if he's working, everybody's working. So, um, yeah. So I, I, I think you're 100% right. I don't think he's, um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think he's getting, getting too many. <laughs> if he did not get his sleep score is not great on his Fitbit or whatever. Yeah. Imagine, uh, imagine he comes, Imagine he comes into the comes into to the stadium tomorrow and he's like, Oh yeah, whoo. Got twelve hours of sleep, baby. I'm ready to go. <laughs> like you're uh-huh. like, What? <gasps> Aren't you supposed to be, you know, going, you know, having <laughs> the, the candlelight is the only thing left because all the lights got turned out on you. Exactly. But, exactly. So uh, we're recording this on Friday night. I imagine the podcast folks won't listen to this until Saturday morning or afternoon before the game. So I want to tell all the fans who are getting ready for tomorrow, you know, win, lose, or draw, you got to come with whatever the grub is, whatever your favorite 
lucky gear is like i think i'm going uh jerry jersey i gotta go jerry uh, jerry I, f- I feel like jerry's gonna bring us uh some good luck and you know my just uh whatever the whatever the food like let's let, let's get some let's l- let's get a little bit of habits going let's get some you know l- let's l- let's get some process going mm-hmm. wear your lucky socks everything because you know we got to do everything to uh in in our minds so that we feel like we're we're doing everything. I, I don't. I, I sometimes believe in that stuff. If you think it's hogwash, it can definitely be hogwash. But I think it's fun. I think that's part of the fun of being a sports fan. Is you know, is my wife going like, "Wait, you wore that shirt the last game?" And I'm like, "Yeah, because they won. They won. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing and it I'm... again." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and until they lose, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. whatever you need to do. In your process, uh, make sure you do it starting this week. I've got a really good feeling about this team, you guys. I think that, um, I guess, I guess I had good feelings about the nineteen team too. I guess, but I don't know, man. I just think this is our year to get finally get that six. Um, and 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 the way we're set up, I think if we can get this one. I think we could probably repeat, and I guess that might be a little mm. too soon, but I think that we are set up to be able to bring this group all back and make one more run at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I, I, you know, I think we get that championship bump, which I believe is a real thing. I think once a team wins it, um, it, um, I've seen it with my dubs. It, it changes you mm-hmm. as a team. Um, once, once you're champions, um, if you're dogs before, you're really dogs. I think when you know you, you ever, you know guys like Warner and Bosa, and those type of guys, once they get a ring, man, I think they gon' they're really gonna be a problem. Brock, what you gonna tell Brock once he got a championship ring? Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't tell him nothing now. Um, no, he's oh, gonna yeah. be, he's gonna be. Uh... I see. I see a lot of the memes uh, of the other teams who think Brock is kind of weak and not a strong guy or anything, and they go, "Oh, we're not losing to the guy who, you know, who who walks into the stadium wearing gray sweatpants." <laughs> Brock's Brock's gonna get some sweatpants deals <laughs> if they win the Super Bowl. Uh, we're gonna have to hook up, Shelvin. Um, I'm coming down. I I I was thinking about it, and then. Um, Mina and Dominique Foxworth are doing a show with Jimmy Kimmel. So that like pushed me over the top. It's like Thursday. So I'll be down there probably Wednesday of that week all the way through. So we should, we should definitely hook up and I'll buy you a drink and we can do a selfie for, for the, for the gram as, yeah, the, as, man. as the kids say. Yeah. Shelvin's question was, is it a jinx to reserve a room in Vegas for midweek festivities? And I think he means Super Bowl week. Mm-hmm. So I, it's not a jinx. It means you're a confident fan and, you know, you you believe in your football team. So and plus, even, you know, you just like you like being out there for uh, uh, Vegas and, and uh, Phoenix. What is that about? Uh, What's the drive like, there? Like four hours. OK, Three or four hours. OK, it's not too bad. All right. So we'll be back on Sunday evening. Uh, I have a UFC event to cover for another podcast after the 49ers game. So Niners Packers. And then I got to shoot down the street 
to my gym, my UFC gym. They're showing the the fights for uh, for members. And so I'll watch the end of that show and then I'll have to come back and record a podcast. And you got so, a you got a quick preview for Strickland Duplessis? Oh man. Is, I, I just want to know is Strickland a gimmick or is he really like Cro Magnum man? Like <laughs> <laughs> like it's just it's kind of ridiculous the the stuff that how does duplessis make 185 he's he so is, big he is huge yeah. <laughs> i think it's like it's like camera tricks he's like he's a monster yeah so that's um that that's always interesting to me to how these guys um manipulate the weight like that um so yeah i i don't know i just think he's kind of big for strickland so we'll see i i think it's gonna be and new but um, me i i that's what i would guess too though strickland is the favorite so mm -hmm. um and and i think some of it may just have to do with you know duplessis coming off the foot injury and is he 100 percent healthy and you know the i'm sure there's a little bit of swag that you get from uh beating adesanya uh that that maybe you gain in, in confidence there so uh you know it's not it's not going to be a giant show it's not going to be like a big pay-per-view event because there's a lot of uh fighters that you have to be kind of a hardcore ufc fan to even know who some of these folks are mm -hmm. but uh i don't know i, I still enjoy fight week uh there has there there's it's a rare occasion that I watch a UFC show and I'm like, man, I just wasted three hours. Mm -mm. It's, usually, it's usually a good event. So, yeah. But yeah, I'm so trying, I'm going to try to be down there for um, 300. That, that's international be, fight yeah, week. Too. That's going to yeah, be crazy. I'm, yeah. I'm going down there for that. But yeah, I, I, I enjoy the, I'm not really an expert, but I, I really enjoy watching the fight. It, it's, it's why boxing and UFC can be very casual fan sports because everybody understands fighting. Like it's just mm -hmm. a, a huge, you know, it's just a conflict thing. Like everyone mm -hmm. has dreamed of two piece in somebody who they don't <laughs> like, but you know, we don't do that because mm -hmm. you know, we're adults and, and you don't do that to people, but you think of it and in your mind, mm -hmm. you kind of know what the go-to combo is that you yeah. would go with. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it, it'll be good. But a uh, Sunday night, um, probably is that, is that is that podcast going to be in the feed or is that somewhere else It'll it's good it's going to be somewhere else i'm doing it for a different website and subscription website um, ah okay but i can make it i can make it uh available for you if if you want it mm -hmm. um and then I'll listen uh, to all your stuff <laughs> and and then sunday we'll uh, we'll come back here about this time as we recorded this live show 9 p.m and we'll recap the game will recap the week of the NFL. And if the 49ers come out on top, uh, it'll be a nice little preview for the next week. So um, because of uh, how the Niners didn't play, we, we did a little bit differently with the preview. So this was fun. We don't usually do a lot of preview stuff. We're mostly very reactive and like initial impressions to, to the game. So this was a lot of fun, but uh, yeah. So for Rod, I'm double G. We'll see you Sunday night at uh, 9 p.m. Pacific on YouTube and in the podcast feed the very next day. As always, if you can hit that subscribe button, if you are not yet subscribed, and also hit that little like button on the show that helps us with whatever this YouTube algorithm is that I've never figured out, even been close to figuring out. I think that helps us. So anyway, all right. Thanks, everybody, for checking us out and for listening. 
see you when we see you. Peace out.